0: Well, hello everybody, and welcome to another episode of my podcast series. Did it anyway? I am uh, once again. I, was, I think I always say I'm excited to have my special guests on, but I'm really excited to have um, the two really special people in my life that are going to have a chat with everybody today about their story. And to give you a little bit of backstory about why I have these two on, um, these are two of my f- well, two of my favourite people in the whole world. Um, my brother Matt and his lovely wife Tanila. I didn't say lovely before Matt, maybe I should have, but <laughs> um, they are going to tell us a, a little bit about their story, uh, both their story while they have been married with their beautiful kids and also a bit of story before they got married. And Tanila will add a little bit more about that, that side of the story. Now, the reason that I asked Matt and Tanila to be a part of this podcast series is because they deal with uh, challenges on a day-to-day basis with uh, one of their... Um, beautiful kids and my niece, uh, little Brooklyn, who is blind, and so um, and they're going to tell their story about some of the challenges that they face with that, but how they're able to find some of the good stuff that comes out the back end of that as well. So today's podcast will will feature two main stories: um, one um, of um, Tanila's first daughter Emma, and the second of. Um, little Brooklyn, as, I, as we mentioned just before. So I'm going to introduce um, my special guest, and that is Math- Matthew Antonella. So could you give us a hi and a a little synopsis of your family now?
1: Yeah, g'day. Uh, we've been married now 12, 12. years. Wow. And we have five beautiful girls. No boys. Uh, no, no boys. No. <laughs> yeah, that's all me apparently. Is that
0: why you got five? Because you kept kept we, trying. Maybe, we, maybe yeah, there'll yeah, be one. The fifth one, the
1: fifth one. The fifth one. We're like, yes, this one's gonna be a boy. This one's gonna be. A boy. No, it's not a boy. So that's all right. Five beautiful girls. Uh, and uh, yeah, the the last three have a, uh, a an eye condition. Called uh, primary congenital glaucoma. Not oh know
2: the, the middle
0: three. Sorry, the middle, <laughs> the middle three, middle three. I don't <laughs> well, know, they've no only else. just you've only just had one really new one. So, yeah, how yeah. old's Zaylee?
2: She's four months.
0: Four months. So, what are the names and ages of your kids?
2: Okay, I better do this because yeah. Matt never remembers. <laughs> um, Taya is about to turn eleven. Um, Ella is nine. Lacey's eight. Uh, Brooklyn is five, and Zaylee's four months.
0: Now, before we talk about um, brooklyn's challenges with her vision i want to wind back the clock a little bit and chat with you about emma your first um baby that you had um and so this was way back in 2001 you got pregnant is that right
2: yes that's right all
0: right so um not married at this at this stage to matt obviously um and you made a decision that was really challenging in 2002 i want you to tell me a little bit about that decision
2: um, in 2002, I, um, I felt, um, that I should place my baby for adoption. Um.
0: Can I maybe ask the the situation, your living arrangements and, and stuff like that at that point in time? Oh,
2: sure. Um, I was just living at home with mum and dad. I didn't have a job. Pretty, um, pretty low self-esteem. Didn't really think much of myself at all. Um. Yeah, just.
0: And so, did you? So now you're pregnant, living at home with mum and dad. Did you feel that you were prepared to have a baby?
2: Not at all. Nope. Yeah. Not at all.
0: And so, just just mentally and financially, just felt like you just couldn't cope. Wouldn't be able to wouldn't,
2: cope. No way. Yeah. Wouldn't be able to give. Give them. Um, what they deserve to be happy. What.
0: Yeah. And so you you made the heart wrenching decision to place Emma up for adoption. I did. Um which I think is really courageous, could you tell me the main reason was there any well, was there anything else besides you not feeling mentally ready? was there anything else that that led you to that decision
2: lots of lots of things really um, mostly that um, I wanted her to be able to have a mum and a dad um, I wanted her to have a really good relationship with them and um yeah be be close to them yeah and
0: don't you and didn't I feel couldn't like, give her that. you couldn't you didn't feel like you could give it no, that at the no not at not and i think it's really important to mention Tanila mentioned to me just prior to this discussion she said i don't want any single mums <laughs> listening to this to feel like their decisions wrong and yep. and that really concerned Tanila. so i do want to mention that as well that this was to Nila's decision and in no way reflects what anybody else, else should have done. Yep. Simple that?
2: parents are incredible. Yeah. I have no idea. I just think it's important it. to say that because <laughs> yes. you, you did say that <laughs> at the know. start and I don't want you I to know. feel in any
0: way that, that anyone would think that because uh, I know you don't think that. Neither no, do I all. and I know yep. you don't think that. Uh, but this was the, the decision that you felt was right. That was right for me. Now, yep. you mentioned to me before as well, Tej, that the that it's challenging. There's, 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 there's some challenges with adopting your child in Australia. So you made the decision to go to the United States Yes. Um, to adopt your child there. Yeah. Um, but I was really interested um, in the process that you went through sure. um, when you're in the United States. Can you talk us through that process?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, I had a, I guess you call her a social worker, like a counsellor that worked with me. Um, and she, once I'd made the decision, she... Um, gave me a whack of files. It would have been about 30 um, files of um, couples that couldn't have um, children. And when she brought them into me, I still remember, she walked in and she said to me, these are the good ones. She said, I've got files and files and files out the back, but these are the good ones. And I was so she's just...
0: cherry-picked them for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. And, and I was so... I felt so... Um, so just sad for these people just that there were so many people that um that wanted to have a baby and couldn't have a baby um and I remember the first file that I looked at I just had this incredible feeling just um inside I was just like oh my goodness I've never ever had a feeling like that before and I just felt you know this is who this is the family that my baby needs to go to this is the couple that she needs to have as her mum and dad but I thought, you know, I had that thought in the back of my mind. No, no, no. This is just the first file that you're looking at. Let's just look through all the others. So I sat for hours and read every single file and cried and cried and cried and just I wanted to give a baby to every single one of them. Like, I just was like, you know, all of these these poor people that just want so desperately to have a baby. I just, if I had 30 babies, I would have given them all to them because I just yeah, it was just heartbreaking. But but knowing, after I read them all, I just knew, no, it's that very first file that you picked up. That couple, they are your baby's parents.
0: And at that point, that's amazing to me, just your attitude towards when you read it. I think, <laughs> um, did you have any doubts at that point of like, do I actually want to give her up? Or was it, was It was and giving up's the wrong word, I yeah, know. No, but, it's fine. Um, but... Was there any doubt there or was it just for you it was like fully, no, that feel was really fully, comfortable with yeah,
2: it? Yeah. Yeah. That was, it was a hundred percent like, no, this is what you're doing. And this I, is her parents.
0: I think that's awesome that you had the opportunity to choose.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So grateful. Cause I, think, I know that a lot of people don't, don't yeah, have that.
0: So to have that, that's awesome process. I think that's yeah. terrific. Now, if we, you, you were in America for about four months of your pregnancy, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So towards the end, you had the baby in, in the United States as well mm-hmm. and um, could you just talk us through the process when, after you'd had Emma, you know, a little bit later now, but after you'd had Emma, um, how long were you in the hospital for? Did you get yeah. to spend time with her before you had to, um, hand her over?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, three days we got to spend after she was born, um, three days I got to spend with her and my mum. My mum came over, which was amazing. Um, and it was just the three of us. We just hung out in the hospital, the, um, the social The counsellors, I should say, gave me a whack of bags and bags of clothes. So I just dressed her up like she was a baby and took photos and photos and photos of her. And um, it was really special to have that time with her. Um, did that make it hard?
0: Did that make it harder though? Like when the when the moment came, did you feel did you have any doubts and I, did, did it become really tough?
2: A few a few times I I had the thought, "Oh, you know, oh, I could just keep her." <laughs> um, or I could just, you know, we could just go home. This would be great. <laughs> but only lasted a couple of seconds and then you know, had that overwhelming feeling, "No, no, no. She needs to go to this family. This is
0: and at this point, the family would have already known. How far oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. how far out did they know before you? Um,
2: the baby? I told them. I think it was about three weeks, maybe four weeks before she was born.
0: You made the phone call. Oh,
2: I didn't make a phone call. No, no, <laughs> I <laughs> baked them a cake. <laughs> oh, did you? Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. It sounds really corny, but um, in America, it's a big thing when a birth mother chooses a family, and they do incredible things. And I you know, didn't really I didn't have the money to do anything amazing, so I like to bake, so I baked them a cake and I got Smarties and I put on the top of the cake, it's you out of Smarties oh, and then That's awesome. Yeah, and I didn't get to personally give it to them, but my counsellor went and gave it to them and they said that it was the best chocolate cake they've ever eaten.
0: <laughs> did you meet them before? Did you physically meet them? Yes. Yes I did. And yeah. how was that how was that meeting?
2: Um it was a little awkward but also really um, like I don't know reassuring if that's the right word, like I just felt really calm and and happy around them like i I thought it would be a whole lot more difficult um, but they're massive um they're really good, they're performers, her family, they like to act and sing and and we sang together, and I would never in a million years <laughs> think to sing, but it was a little bit awkward, so then um. The dad just said, hey, why don't we sing a song together? So we sang together and awesome. then, and then it was beautiful and it was amazing. And...
0: and what was their response to you choosing them? Did they, um, were they grateful? Oh, or...
2: <laughs> grateful isn't a big enough word to say. Their response was just, yeah, I, I don't have the words. It Overwhelming was just, yeah. almost. Oh, totally. Yeah.
0: So did, did they have other children?
2: No, right. no, they have other children now, but no.
0: So you gave them that blessing with their child. I that, did.
2: That's yeah. awesome. Chief. Yeah. That's so good.
0: Um, so so skip forward just a couple of days, I guess. So now you're at yep. the point where you're giving, um, you're handing over yep. um, your child. Yeah. What was that moment like?
2: Um, surprisingly peaceful. Um, I knew. I knew that. Mm. You're good. Yeah, the the moment, the moment that I handed her over, I just I felt peace and I felt calm. The counsellor, I was I was holding Emma, and the counsellor said to me, "Okay, it's time now." And I just I stepped forward and I gave her to her mum, and I said, "Here's your baby." And she didn't have words. She didn't have words. I didn't have words. We're all just crying. (laughs) Like I am right now. (laughs) Sometimes a cry is the easiest. That makes it look better, doesn't it? And then then I I gave her a kiss on the forehead and I... The dad hugged me and the mum hugged me and then I stepped outside and I took a couple of paces. And then that's when I think it hit me. I just... I felt... Like, I'd broken. I felt broken. I just fell to the floor and I just cried and cried and cried and cried. And my poor mum was like, oh, my goodness. She thought something serious had happened. but Something serious had happened. No, but, like, because I was just on the ground and I was just sobbing. And she was just, she's trying to pick me up off the floor. And it was, I just, yeah, that's when it really hit me. You know, you've done something pretty massive. Massive. Yeah.
0: That's as big as it gets.
2: Yeah. (laughs) yep
0: but still at that point as as broken as you felt if we if we move forward a couple more days I'm not sure how much of that you remember I'm sure that moment's very (laughs) strong in your mind but um did did that feeling of broken ease
2: totally yep 100% even a few hours after it happened because I knew that um she was in a loving happy family she's gonna have an amazing life and she's gonna be cared for and loved and looked after.
0: And so that gave you comfort. Oh,
2: totally. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Now, you mentioned that you're able to have um, pretty frequent contact in the first 12 months or so. And can you tell me yes. about what that looks like?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, It was incredible. Her, um, mum, sorry, trying to... Emma's mum, um, was really good at writing me letters and she'd write me pages and pages and pages and she'd send photos. And as Emma got a little bit older, she'd send me like her artwork and all, all just amazing little things so that I was able to, um, know how she was going and what she was doing and when she started school, what she did at school and all things. Yeah, well, she was really good at keeping me informed. And, and that,
0: you felt that helpful? Oh, totally. Her.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I knew that she was happy and she was having um, the time of her life. She was,
0: yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and so the, the communication, I guess, continues. Yes. Um, yep. not as frequently, not as frequently. Yep. No. Um, but your, how do you, how do you continue to deal with, with that situation? Like you're at peace with it and you feel like you feel happy with where she is now? Cause it's, what well, what are we 16 years later now? Yeah.
2: Yep. Um, I'm totally at peace with it. I know that the de- decision that I made was the right one for me and for her. Um, I, yeah, I'm happy all good. Yeah, yeah. totally happy. Yep. I
0: think sometimes we can get caught up on what's most important to us, but what you've done and what you've displayed is a real charity and kindness for other people as well. And to focus on your needs of your daughter above your own and the needs yep. of your um. Uh, and even the needs of the person who's accepting yes. um, your child. I mean, yep. sometimes we can forget that people are in pretty... That's a, that's a tough situation to yeah. not be able to have a child if you really, really want one. And yep. you've given them a blessing forever. You know, that, that blessing is <laughs> yep. amazing and, and such a selfless act. And so I mm-hmm. I say well done.
1: yeah oh, <laughs> And well done
0: on sharing it because I think... There'll be other people in similar situations and even not similar situations, but just uh, yep. the challenging moments where maybe if we get outside of ourselves a little bit and focus on other people and serve other people around us, sometimes yes. that can heal a lot of wounds.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. So
0: thank you so much. That's hard no to share. Worries. And I know that you haven't shared it before, really. <laughs> no, I haven't.
2: No. And so th- to
0: share that's really courageous. And I really appreciate you sharing that with us, teacher.
2: Thanks, Rowan.
0: I want to I want to shift gears a little bit if we can and shift forward now. Matt's going to get involved just a little bit now, just a little bit. I guess. So we, so, so you mentioned that you got five girls, yes. um, now. So I think that's um, that that's awesome in itself, right? <laughs> I mean, Tanila now has gone back and gone. Oh, well, let's have some more. Let's have some more, and we'll go five, and we'll yep. keep going. Uh, but what's what's really interesting to me is you mentioned earlier that your um, your girls the your second, third, and fourth girl. Um, have um, uh, uh, some eye conditions. Now, I don't know all the names, so I'm going to ask you <laughs> to give me a little bit more info
1: about that. But they've almost, they have almost—they got progressively worse. Is that right? Yeah, so they've all got uh, primary congenital glaucoma. Uh, and Ella, who's the second child, she had it, and it was picked up by the midwives and you know, went through the process and had some surgery when she was a week old. And that kind of fixed her up for, the, for a while and she was okay. And then the next one, Lacey, came along and we noticed it straight away, that she had the same symptoms, her eyes were cloudy. And uh, she had some surgery, but she needed extra surgery and extra medication to kind of keep it under control. And then Brooklyn came along. And when Brooklyn was born, you couldn't see pupil because her eyes were that cloudy. There was the, the corneas weren't clear at all. And uh, she was in surgery, like her sisters, within a week of being born. And it just never stopped. So the, the surgeries just kept coming. They couldn't get the the glaucoma under control like they were able to with the other two girls.
0: So I just want to ask a question. So yes. I remember being in the hospital um, when Brooklyn came in. Yes. Um. And and well, she probably came out really. Didn't she? <laughs> <laughs> I, wasn't <laughs> I wasn't in there for that. I wasn't in there for that. I mean, when the doctor when the came in, in yep. to um to check Brooklyn's eyes for the first time. Yep. And. And I remember the I remember the moment because it was there was a lot of emotion in the room and and you both knew something was wrong before that before that doctor came in I think and mm-hmm. when he tested the the pressure can you tell me how you felt at that very moment where you got the results
1: I think it was just more of a confirmation than anything else we knew I mean looking at her eyes you knew that she had it just because there was no pupil and her eyes were swollen and so we had already I think. Well, I had. I don't know about Tanila, but I, we've never really discussed it. But <laughs> um, we both kind of already knew, so we'd, we'd come to terms with it pretty quickly, that, yep, she had it, and we're going to go down the same path wow. that we've been down with the other girls. Yep. So
0: this path was a bit different, yeah? Totally yeah, different. Totally different. <laughs> so,
1: and I think we're kind of lucky in a way that Brooklyn was the third one with it. I think if she'd been the first one and she'd been like this, then it would have been a lot harder to go, to go back again. But... Yeah, the, they just could not get the, the glaucoma under control. So she had three different types of glaucoma operations to start with. And then one of those, uh, she had bilateral trabeculotomies. There you go. Well done. Got it out. <laughs> so that's uh, a bit of a complex surgery where they, they put a, a balloon in the back of the eye. So the idea is that as the eye fills up with pressure, the balloon fills up and then it lets out the pressure from the eye. But kids heal quickly, so they have to give them regular injections of uh, a steroid to try and stop that, stop this balloon from healing over with scar tissue. And because she's so little, she needed to have weekly uh, anesthetics, general anesthetics, to to do the the needling in. So they'd go in and poke around with a needle to kill the scar tissue that had grown, and then give her an injection of this steroid to try and stop it from happening for the next week.
0: Wow. Now the people listening to this podcast, I, I assume are similar to me in that I can't even touch my eye without sort of freaking out. Or if, if I watch somebody else um, do eye drops, I, I start to cry. Yep. <laughs> so, so how many operations has Little Brookie had?
2: Oh, I can't remember the exact.
1: She'd be about 30 now, I'd say.
2: Yeah.
0: About 30. And some of those have included transplants, yep. corneal transplants. She's,
1: corneal transplants. She's had two corneal transplants, and we just found out this week that she now needs a third one, because that last one has failed as well.
0: Right. And so that is um, at the ripe old age of... Five. Five. Right. So she's had 30 by the age of five. Now we live in. For those that are listening that aren't close in Melbourne, we live in an outer suburb. So, so Matt and Tanilla live in Beaconsfield, which is be from the hospital that they visit would be an hour and hour ten or 15, minutes, hour yeah. fifteen minutes from the Children's Hospital. Over the last five years, how many times <laughs> would you have gone to the Children's Hospital?
1: Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> Too it, many to get. It was it was twice a week for one stage, three
2: times a week, three times a week.
1: <laughs> And that's included yeah, because she had the surgery and then the follow up the next day, and, and then, then two days later to we'll follow, follow, follow up. So yeah, that yeah.
2: was like six months. Of so growing. it's pretty
1: challenging, like
0: time out of your life, mm-hmm. right? Is that frustrating sometimes?
2: Oh, uh, not really. Yeah, I don't think we've ever We're looked at it. We're just
0: used to it. Like, yeah, it's, you guys are awesome. It's become <laughs> it's become the norm.
1: I don't think we've looked ever looked at it as being frustrating. Some, like, it, oh, this is annoying that we have to do this again. It's more this is what they need, so. You just do this, it. This do it. is our life. Yeah. yeah. This, is, this is what Basically. our life's going to be now for the next 20 years and we'll just knuckle in and do it. Yeah.
0: And tell me some of the challenges. So, so the, the your two girls, um, Ella and Lacey, have challenges with their eyes. Yep. But we'll t- focus a bit more on Brooklyn. Can you tell me, because hers is much more severe, mm-hmm. can you tell me some of the challenges associated with having a blind child?
1: It's a different style of parenting. So, in, w- in what way? Well, we had to learn everything again with Brooklyn. So we were very lucky. Vision Australia came in at an early age, mm. and they had to kind of reteach us. We had to learn how to feed her in a different way because she couldn't see the food coming. Yeah. Um, so her vision was really poor when when they first got in, and it's improved a little bit since then. But um, that we didn't know what she could see and what she couldn't see, and she wasn't entertained by the usual things that babies are entertained by. You could we could you know the other girls you could look at them and smile, and they'd respond with a smile. Brooklyn didn't see it so (laughs) there was no response so it was all incorporating different things into the parenting technique learning how to feed differently teaching her to walk was different teaching her to toilet train was different it was just completely new and
0: now, now to strengthen her eye on one of the operations, you mentioned that she had to have a patch on her good eye. Is yes. that right?
1: Yes. Yes. So she has well, a
2: of, better eye. A yeah,
0: better yeah, eye. Better yeah,
1: eye. Yeah. <laughs> the, the good of the two. I don't know <laughs> that we could say good, but anyway, um, yeah. So one of the methods of strengthening the eye that they do to a lot of kids is they patch the good eye, so it makes the bad eye work. So the idea is it's like a muscle; and you use it and it strengthens. How'd that work? Oh, yeah, well, you patch a good eye, they walk into stuff. So. <laughs> Brooklyn spent a lot of time walking to brick walls and to tables and to chairs. And, but, I mean, credit to where she'd go, <laughs> and then, okay, let's go. Okay. Oh, <laughs> off we go. Yeah. Yeah. So she
0: seems pretty cruisy in that regard. Yeah. And, and she, you know, what's interesting is I, so most people would see her as having a disability. I don't think Brookie sees herself as having a disability. No. Not at all. No. Not at all? She had no idea. No. She doesn't. Doesn't bother her in the slightest, and I think sometimes we could take our attitude sometimes better from our kids, yeah, the way that me. they deal with that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, I, yeah, I'm something that really stood out to me as you were talking just then was going to the going to the Children's Hospital, which is a challenge. Like it costs a lot of money and fuel and parking and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. But that doesn't even come into your thinking because you're not. You're not thinking about the bad stuff. You're just thinking about the needs of your child. And I think that's really admirable and it's a really good thing. But it seems like it's built in. You guys don't think it's amazing, right? No, not <laughs> at I, I think it's amazing because mm-hmm. sometimes we, we have a negativity bias in our minds and it's very easy to see the bad stuff mm-hmm. or the challenging stuff where you just sort of take it in your stride. So well done. I think that's a, a that's really cool,
1: cool thing. I think what made it easier for us was before they built the new, because they got a brand new... Fancy Children's Hospital, the old one, um, where they the girls first had their operations. Everyone was kind of the wards were all kind of mixed together, and the eye ward, the eye clinic, was next to the cancer clinic, and that was we used to come in on a weekly basis and go up to the eye clinic, and then you'd see all these kids that were just sitting there, they just had chemo, and they had no hair, and they were still having fun and still happy, and we'd sit there and go. It's just, no- it's just her eyes. It's just it, their it, eyes. Nothing to kind of complain about. Yeah, but good call. They're yeah. not going through that, and it's just make it puts everything way into perspective. And we're like, well, we can put up with weekly appointments. We She's not having to do chemo or anything mm-hmm. like that. So, I think that was lucky for us that it kind of not you, just- saw the, you saw that you saw the worst of it. Yeah. Don't
0: isn't it? Sometimes we 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 get caught up in, you know, the wi fis not working, <laughs> and so we see, you know, that that becomes bad, yeah. and yeah. we see, we have everything so easy sometimes in life that. When something small goes wrong, we fall to pieces. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But now you've seen the other side of all these cha- people having real challenges, yes. like yep. these kids having real challenges, which is devastating to watch. But they're still happy. Yeah, yeah.
2: totally happy. And
0: yep. they're just like, "Yeah, this is the way it is. Yep. Yeah. It's okay." Yeah, I love that. So I'm going to ask a question about about Zaley. So, yes. so <laughs> Zaley is your fifth girl. Fifth yes. girl. It's a super ever have five girls, uh, but we had some interesting discussions before you had Zayli. And I wanted to... You know, you've had three babies who have had struggles with eyes. What made you have another baby, a fifth child?
2: I just wanted a fifth <laughs> child. I don't know. I just wanted to try for that boy. <laughs> no, we well, shouldn't say that. But that's fair. No. no, that's okay.
0: Don't worry. We tried for a, a girl for a while. Then we have Mitchell and we still tried for another girl. <laughs> but I, I think... Um, were you scared, having another baby?
2: Totally. Petrified. Absolutely. Yep. Because the pattern of each girl getting worse, I had, was like, that's it. She's going to, you know. No eyes. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds terrible, but that's just, that was oh, that, my you way You had a thinking. dream, didn't
0: you, that you know, she oh, had yeah. no eyes? Yeah, yeah, totally.
2: <laughs> All the time. I had it constantly. But I felt like I was, you know, preparing myself for the worst. But, yeah, it was... Scary. Yeah, it was very totally yeah, scary. But, but, was scary. The, but the
1: the overriding feeling that you should
0: have another one or you wanted to have another one was greater than the fear.
2: Way greater. Yeah. Way greater than the fear. Yeah,
1: we were, we were sure that the family was not done yet. We needed one more.
2: So
0: this is a great example of, like, I want people on this podcast who have acted in spite of the challenges. So yeah. I see this as a big challenge, mm. right? And you're going, stuff it. Stop we're going <laughs> to have another one anyway. Who
2: cares? Who cares? <laughs>
0: but I want to say something that Tanila said to us because there was some... There was some feedback. Um, yeah, lots of people had an opinion on it. I guess of oh, lots uh, everyone, everyone, everyone had an opinion, had an opinion <laughs> on it, and then that's okay. I think everyone comes from a place of yes. of goodness, and everyone yep, yep. wants to make sure that you're doing the right, right thing, thing by by your kids and by yourself. And mm-hmm. but but you as a couple and as a family need to make your own family decisions, right? Yeah. And that's most important. Mm-hmm. So so against what lots of people thought was a good idea, you went and did it. But the the one thing that that really stood out to me is Davina was talking to Tanila one time, um, and she said, just asking questions about having another baby, and it was just in general conversation. Tanila said something to me that I that will remain with us forever. <laughs> she said, and she'll get embarrassed of me talking about it, but she so said, <laughs> but she said, like, we asked the question, Are you gonna have another baby? Why do you want to have another baby? those type of things, and she said, Well. What when we said, What if it's blind? and she said, Well, someone needs to be a mum to blind people and I thought, What a just a courageous and caring human being. And I um I get emotional when I think about it because I think that is the ultimate challenge, you know, having a child that's unwell or has real you have to watch them have thirty surgeries. That is that is horrific as a as a parent. Um, but to have the courage to do it again, because you feel there's another baby there for you, <laughs> to have the courage to go again, I think is awesome. Um, and and but we can we report on Zaylee's eyes, just so everybody knows.
2: Yeah, she's no great. Glaucoma. No. no glaucoma. No
0: glaucoma. <laughs> how good is that? So we are we're very excited that there's no glaucoma because that presents some massive challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's amazing to see how her cousins and her. You know, Brooklyn's cousins and her sisters respond to help her all the time, mm-hmm. and are there to help her out, which I think is yeah. really, really sweet to watch. So, uh, what is it that helps you guys on a day-to-day basis to not focus on the negative? Because there's a lot to focus on that that's challenging in your life. Why mm-hmm. don't you? Why don't you throw your arms up and go, "This is too hard"? Or, hang. Do you have moments like that?
1: Uh, I don't know if we do have moments where we'd say it's too hard. We have Come a, we always have that moment where, it, like, especially this week when we found out that the transplant had failed again. That yeah. was tough, and we took took a moment. And we got emotional. I had and my we... cry,
2: and then I moved on. And it was fine. It was what like... was your
0: initial thought, though? That what, what's, what's the prognosis in your mind um, of like the transplant didn't work? What are you what, what are you thinking straight away?
2: Oh, great. <laughs> Another one. No,
1: I well, every every transplant she has lowers the chances of the next one actually working. working. Yep. So when when you hear that it hasn't worked, I mean, we know what we've got to go through now, What what's going to happen, the, the surgery and the follow-up appointments and the follow-up surgeries that, that are going to happen. But it's just the the thought, okay, well, this one is now a smaller chance of actually sticking and, and holding. So, so is it is there two
0: parts at play here? Like, and to clarify, there's Brooke does have a tiny bit of vision. Yes, yes. I guess and so. She can see things when when she's got an eye patch. She puts it right up to her <laughs> eye, touches her, nose, touches her <laughs> nose, basically to see whatever she lights Colors like little yes, colors. She can see tiny t- flashing yep. lights, but has been um, categorized as legally blind. Yes, um, and so the reason that they keep doing these surgeries are they for um, the to try and keep what she's got. Mm-hmm. And then also to keep the eye? Is yeah, that part so as well? so you've
1: got, until you're eight, your eye is developing yeah. um, and strengthening. And you have a small window up until you're eight to strengthen the vision. Not that it's going to do a huge amount, but also in that period, if your brain doesn't feel that you're using it and it's not working, the brain has the ability just to switch it off. So the idea is we do as much as we can until they're eight and... Hopefully the vision will stay in there that, you know, we'll keep pumping blood to it and then keep it all working and keep the vision that she's actually got from deteriorating any further. So, they they do as much as they can between now and eight, so she's only got about three years left. So they want to do everything they can in that three year period that she's got left to try and get a little bit more vision out of it if it's possible, but mainly to try and keep exactly what she's got and not lose it any further.
0: Yeah. And how does she respond with
1: going for all these surgeries? Not a fan of the surgeries.
2: Yeah, just started, not yeah. not liking it. But eye drops, eye drop. she's oh, incredible. And- she will remind me that she needs yeah. to have her eye drop. And she'll just come up and put her head back in done.
0: So when she has her surgeries, what does she do?
1: It's the going to sleep that scares her the most. She doesn't like the idea of the mask going on her face. So the build-up to that, she gets herself very anxious and very worked up. Do you you sit with her while she has the mask on? Yeah, yeah, we get to sit with her. And what does she do? Loses it. (laughs) So that's when the screaming starts. But the good thing is, because it's in that state where she's just about to go to sleep, they say that she won't remember any of it.
2: And she doesn't. And how
1: long would she scream for? Uh, Until she's asleep. <laughs> so how long is that? Is that like uh, uh, it, well, it,
2: depends?
1: It depends which hospital, but the INE she, she, it's a little less child friendly because it's an older hospital.
2: But we love them. We they, love it, them. Yeah. If anyone's <laughs> listening
1: from the Ionea, you're great. But um, because it's an older hospital, it's not you know the children's not, not set up. She, it's not children kids. focused. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So she, she finds it all a little bit more st- a little bit more scary. And so from the moment we go into the pre up pre op hold. Um, she'll start working herself up I don't want to do it I don't want to do it I don't want to do it I don't want do to do it and then they move you into the room to put her asleep, and that's when she just because she knows that's where she's going Does that last a
0: couple of minutes or uh, uh, Depends um, on how on the
1: ball they are I can go up to about five, five
2: minutes um, uh, Ten. How, yeah. do you,
0: how do you So as a mum Yeah Is that Is that devastating every time
2: Breaks my heart every time. Yeah. Yep. That's why when she was little, Matt took her into orbit <laughs> because I just couldn't I gave so, her a kiss and sent her off. So
0: you just hold her and, and she just loses her mind. Yeah. Yeah. That would be so hard to watch every time. No matter how many times you do it. it yep. just, yeah, it
2: doesn't get any easier. Even doesn't.
0: though you know what's gonna happen is yep. a good thing for them, but mm-hmm. that's really brutal. Wow. That is a serious challenge that you face every day, you know, and it's not just you we, I look on the outside and I'm sure other people look on the outside and go how do you deal with a how do you deal with the blind child but it seems as though you guys just sort of take it in your stride and go yep. that's what we do we that's how we live yep so yep. i want you to know that your story is remarkable because i know that um when i asked you to come and chat about your story like what am i going to talk about <laughs> exactly <laughs> my story is not like their story my story is not amazing yeah. you know where I think the most amazing stories are the things that people have to run with challenges every day mm-hmm. and this is a challenge every day that you love but it's not going away anytime soon no. um, and so you're going to be there for her for a long long time. Mm-hmm. A long time and and so I I I think what you're doing is inspirational because you're it's the discipline that you do every day to make sure that she gets what she needs um, every single day that that is true just love and support and I love that And so I'm really grateful for the example that you guys are, because it it's that sort of if other people saw that, uh, that's something they could apply to their lives and just make sure they're always looking out for the other person as opposed to looking out um, for for ourselves. Sometimes we can get caught in looking out for ourselves, and you guys are a great example of looking out for the other person. And so the takeaway I have from today's session is that sometimes we have to do hard things, and it doesn't make them wrong. And your experience with Emma is a good example of that. Sometimes it's hard. It's still the right decision for you yeah. at that time, um, but it was still hard. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we've got to do those hard things because we feel they're the right things to do and we got to follow the things that we think are right. Um, but secondly is we don't need to um, focus on the negative all the time. You guys are a great example of how you just subconsciously you just look for the good, and it's because you look for the best for the for your child, Brooklyn. And by doing that, um, you're able to not focus on the bad. So it's not even like a conscious effort, I'm going to be happy today. It's just I'm not going to look so much at that negative. Yep. So I'm looking this other way. I don't have time to look at that le- negative. I think that's a good takeaway for me don't as well. Don't have time. <laughs> I don't have
1: time. I don't have time to look at that negative. We're too busy going to the hospital.
0: <laughs> so I think for anyone who else, else who's listening that has challenges in their life with their children or with health issues or whatever else. I think this is a good way and a patient way, um, to deal with those challenges. So is there anything else that you'd want to mention before we jump off?
2: I don't think so.
0: (laughs) Well, I am, I am really happy that you guys came on and shared your, your story with us and, um, you know, maybe there needs to be some more children, I don't know. Is no, that no, we're no, we're okay, right. done. Okay, right. We're done. Five
2: is perfect. <laughs> <laughs>
0: good for you guys. You guys are great. So thanks so much for coming on. And for those that are listening, please subscribe to my podcast, Did It Anyway. We'll continue to have more people on like these superheroes and telling their story about the challenges they face in their life. And hit you know, hit, smash that subscribe button and then please let me know. It's, shoot me a message through my website at au. If you know of somebody who's who's been able to overcome or deal with, you know, massive challenges in their lives with a really positive outlook. um, They're the people that I'd love to speak to and I know people would love to hear from as well. So thanks so much for listening today, guys. Have a ripper day.